the wrong point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you're repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively rave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Top Back to Black and White podcast. My name is Daniel Negro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today we're going to be covering the preview of the Juve-Milan game, and obviously it's going to be a pretty interesting affair. We're kind of moving into the gauntlet, as I keep calling it. Uh, obviously, Juve, we're looking to solidify the title, um, and Milan is obviously trying to continue their for, their form. Um, obviously, beating Lazio three 0 which obviously did us a favor. But now we're next in line in the crosshairs. So uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what's gonna happen. Obviously, guys, as usual, please drop uh, a like. Hit the bell for uh, notifications. Again, that just makes it easier for you every time the podcast comes up. If YouTube is your uh, go-to platform, again, please hit the subscribe. It definitely helps more than probably a lot of you know. But thank you very much for all of the supporters that we have as of as of late. And uh, yeah, guys, check obviously iTunes, Spotify, Podbean if that's your uh, kink. But uh, yeah, again, if you could just follow those. Drop a rating, um, obviously honest rating. Like I said, even in these videos, you know, anything that you guys like, you want to hear, don't want to hear. Um, in terms of the technical side, some of that is a little bit more limited into what I could do, obviously, for now. But um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely enjoy, uh, I've enjoyed doing it so far. And again, we've bought, we've gotten some great guests and uh Again, now we're going to bring in another uh, fellow Canadian, uh, Danny from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to the uh, Juventinita podcast. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. So we got yeah another Canadian. Rocco's going to be next. Um, obviously, that'll be the post-match. But um, yeah, definitely um, interesting uh, start to the season. Uh, let's get into it more of like a nostalgic kind of tone um how did you become a uv fan because i know you're not necessarily uh have been on a lot of podcasts i'm guessing this is your first one correct this is my first soccer one actually I've been oh there on, you go i've been on a ton of hockey ones but uh this is my first uh, soccer one uh but no to, uh, to answer your uv question i've never been historically uh, a uv fan but, uh, you know, I used to watch them a lot with uh, my grandfather, my nonno, um, who's, who's Italian and who watches a lot of Syria. And uh, obviously my favorite player, Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, joined Juventus not too long ago. So I had to make the, uh, I had to make the switch to watch my boy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been nothing but fruitful. And 
you know, we're, we're going to hope that uh, he can help deliver uh, Juve's dream, which is to bring, uh, bring home a Champions League to Turin. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, you were saying you're obviously half Italian, half Portuguese, correct? So yep. that, you know, that makes sense. Um, you know, obviously before, you know, the the whole transfer saga kind of was taking place, uh, just give us uh, your thoughts about what you kind of knew about Juve. Obviously, you seem to be a, a, a young guy, so I'm guessing you're younger than you. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to assume you're younger than me. I'm 21. Um, okay, 21. so okay, so not too. We're not too far apart, but still. Um, kind of what what were your thoughts about Juve? You know, hearing about the club, just the history. You know, what, what did you know before? You know, obviously, the whole transfer took place because I definitely didn't think it was going to happen. Um, kind of shocked me the whole the whole ordeal of uh, that that saga. But uh, you know, just to uh, give fans a uh, that maybe have been here for long or even you know less time kind of uh, that are in the same situation that you were in because uh, we did have have a lot an influx of of fans uh, obviously when Ronaldo joined so you give us kind of a, a little bit of a picture of what you kind of were looking into and what you were kind of expecting of the well, club well in terms of the history I knew a little bit about Juventus and you know their origins and where it all took place and you know, all the Scudettos they've won. And, you know, even though I'm I'm not a hardcore Juve fan, I have a lot of respect for the for the club. I have a lot of respect for the history, which Juventus has a lot of. And, you know, um, because Ronaldo has transferred over, that that's meant that I've uh, invested more personal time into the club in terms of watching games and, you know, even buying my first Juventus jersey with his name on the back. Um, but... Um, yeah, in, in yeah, it's not a of, test, by the way. I'm not. I'm not trying to grill you no, or anything. No. I mean, like, get, when was the founding date? When was <laughs> no? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just... yeah. Um, no, I mean to be like more specific. I started following Juve more closely, obviously, when Ronaldo made the transfer over. I did know a little bit about Juve before Ronaldo moved over because I have a lot of friends that are Juve fans and. Oh. that are like staunch Juve fans, kind of like yourself. You know, they bleed white and black. And, you know, that's good, right? You know, we all have our club. And um, But to be more specific, the one thing that um, gravitated me towards a club like Juventus is, you know, the history and, you know, the fans and, you know, just just the atmosphere in their stadium. I've never been, but I can see it through the television. And I know there's a lot of diehard fans and when I saw their reaction and I saw their face when they acquired a player of Ronaldo's caliber, you know, you just saw everyone's eyes light up with all this passion and this glory. And, you know, it was now we got the player. Now we can try and push towards our goal, which is the Champions League, right? Um, so that's kind of my origins, uh, to best put it. Okay, so I have kind of another off-topic, a sure. little bit of an off-topic question that I just caught to my head. So... Yeah. Obviously, you're from Toronto, right? Yeah. Um, and again, guys, if you want to like tune out for this one, you you can go ahead. How did you become a Florida Panthers fan? For for everyone out there, you know, if you're from Toronto, you're probably a Leafs fan. I know some Leafs fans over here. I mean, it's a pretty big following in Canada, right? Hockey. But how did you become a floor in 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 blue and white territory? So what happened in there? I I need to hear the story. 
Wow, that's that's a really off-topic question, Dan, but it's good. Um, you know, I was at a pretty young age. I was around seven, eight years old. And it, when, and it was when Florida, they had their old logo, right? The Leaping Panther, yeah. which I'm sure you remember yeah. and a lot of listeners probably remember uh, that, you know, watch and follow hockey. And I remember the logo is kind of what pulled me towards uh, Florida. Um, and back then when I was younger, we didn't really have live streaming, right? I'm talking yeah. like over 10, uh, even 15 years ago. We didn't have, you know, the live streaming quality or the abundance of options that we have now. So I remember quite well watching all the Florida games when they would play Toronto, right? Just because right. I'm from Toronto and I get the channels for all the Leaf games. So I would get to watch my team four times a year. And eventually when live streaming came about and it took form and it kind of pushed from there, my father introduced me to that. And that that was a way to strengthen my my uh, my love for the team and um, my support for the team, which meant that instead of watching four games, I could watch 82 games. And, you know, from there, I just I kept supporting the team, even though it's been pretty rough. Florida has not experienced many good seasons at all. And I've only had the opportunity to see them make the playoffs once in my lifetime. This summer will uh, be the second if you count the play in series as yeah. the playoffs. But, you know, that's that's a. Uh, that's for that's a discussion for another day, but um, yeah, that, those are basically my origins uh, with the Panthers here in Toronto. And I can say that uh, whenever I, you know, would go and watch the team, whether it's in Buffalo, which is about an hour, hour and a half drive from where I am, or even just watching them here in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena, I'm one of very few Panther fans. So it's uh, it, it makes for um, it makes for a great experience. Um, but those are my origins with the Panthers. It was primarily the logo that uh, that got me started with the team and the live streaming, me being able to watch and tune into all their games, basically strengthened uh, my support for the team and, and has kept it going from there. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting story. And now, guys, you can tune back in if you just could care less about hockey. But no, I think it's cool. And obviously, you, you write for them as well, correct? Uh, yes. So... Yes. Yeah, yeah, plug I, it up, I, man. Plug it up. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we got some. Uh, I'm sure we got some Florida Panthers fans. Well, I hope so. We got it. <laughs> we got to start. We got to start moving this out. So, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some. And Sunrise is where, just outside of Miami, I believe, right? So that is correct. More uh, so in the Fort Lauderdale area. Oh, okay. So just north of the city. But yeah, no, uh, definitely. Uh, so you write for Fan Sided, correct? Yeah, it's um, the site is powered by Fan Sided. It's uh, it's called theratrick.com. I've been writing for them, actually been managing the site um, since 2017, so I've been doing this for the past three years, and uh, it's been very rewarding. I've met a lot of great people. I've been able to connect with a lot of people in the organization, a lot of club officials and staff, and uh, it's been very rewarding, and it's been very fruitful. Oh, nice, man. That's good to hear. And uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely a Bruins fan. I think everyone knows we had joke. Joe Cap, they're uh, also a fellow Bruins fan, and obviously I've gotten to talk to a couple others in North America that you know are obviously Juve fans, but they're in either New England, obviously trained for the Rangers. Shout out Rose Nicole, and uh, also some others as well. But uh, I just needed to, I just needed to get that off my chest today. But uh, let's get back into uh, the Juve uh, sphere. Um, and we'll get into the news. Obviously, Iguain uh, is looking potentially to leave at the end of the season. 
obviously that could be either to Argentina or maybe in the MLS. Um, that obviously was from Romeo Agresti. Uh, and I guess as of right now, it's looking like we're going to have to get good use out of him, obviously, because of the, the circumstances in this next coming up in this next game with yellow card accumulation. So I think there's lots of room for him to improve for us. Obviously, we're going to have to pick someone up for his replacement after the season if we're going to need, if we're going to continue with this 4 3 3. Because we're going to need a sub, obviously, as a number nine. Um, but what are your thoughts about Iguain potentially leaving? And what what are your thoughts about him, you know, playing with us? Because he did have a good role in the first half of the season, uh, if you remember. Yeah. Um, my take on Iguain is I personally think, you know, Juve should try to offload him at all costs. I think, you know, he's reached a period in his career where he's older, his legs are shot, he's not... He's not in top quality shape at all, and it seems like, you know, he's frustrated by riding the bench, or uh, riding the pine, so to speak. Um, and, you know, we have to also remember he's he has some pretty heavy wages to his name that affects Juve in terms of going out and reconstructing their squad or, you know, bringing in other players to fill other needs. So I think whether he goes to Argentina or, or MLS and just getting that money off the books is a win in, in all case scenario, right. um, to the second part of, you know, what you mentioned, um, I remember quite well when Juventus spent all that money on Iguain, you know, to bring him in as their big striker um, when they brought him in from Napoli. I was actually a little surprised that, you know, Juventus was able to bring him in just considering that, you know, he's at Napoli and I wasn't sure if Napoli was really going to sell their, you know, their top player, their best player to the best team in Italy, right? Because you never want to strengthen an opponent, especially one that's winning Serie A left, right, and center, right? So when that happened, I thought that was a great move, right? And, um, you know, you made the the Champions League finals, I remember, with him. You actually knocked out uh, Monaco, uh, which is another team I I follow quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that's that's when you guys, um, you fell to Ronaldo's hands. But but I remember that year, you know, Higuain was great. He was arguably, um, well, he was for sure a top five striker in the world. And, you know, every everything was at his feet, basically. And then, unfortunately, it went, it went down when Ronaldo came because they shipped him off to Milan, right, on the on right. loan. And uh, from there, unfortunately, it's gone down. So I'm in favor of personally offloading Iguain and, you know, Juve bringing in a striker who's versatile and that can play off of Ronaldo and play off of Dybala. Maybe like a guy like Cavani because he can play in multiple roles. Right. He's used to Serie A, and it looks like he'll be a free transfer. And Juventus is very good at those. So if they could bring in someone like in like a Cavani to replace an Iguain, I I, th- I think it would be great business all around. But I think first and foremost, I think you do have to get rid of Iguain. And even if you recognize he was a great player, he's just unfortunately not that player anymore. Right, I agree 100% with that. And it's just time to move on. Um, and I think it's better. Yeah, again, his, his salary is quite big, and um, you know, especially with the other needs we need. Uh, and if we can take advantage of something like you said with getting a Cavani for free, it's going to help us out quite a bit. Um, obviously, next little piece of news that I forgot to add to the last um, uh, last podcast. Obviously, Gazzetta dello Sport did an interview with uh, Marquisio, obviously one of our club legends, um, and. 
it was talked. He, there was a lot of talk about obviously the derby that I'm all obviously with Torino, and obviously they brought up DiBala in one of the questions, and saying will DiBala become uh, a bandiera of the club? And if you don't know what that means, it's kind of the, you know, essentially a, a, a different way of saying a legend, kind of, uh, you know, someone who's not just a player who's been really good for the club, but really means something to the club and is kind of your. Uh, something you, someone you really think of, you know, carrying the flag for the club, as uh, as the word bandiera means, right? So, obviously, Marquinhos' response, um, his class is unquestionable. He's one of the purest talents in world football. Those who criticize him don't understand football. He has an excellent relationship with the club, and I hope he will become a bandiera and win the CL. And I think I could agree with that statement. Um, just has been unbelievable this year. Um, has really kind of turned it around from last year, and um, I uh, I really got to applaud him because it could have been as easy as just saying, you know what, I'm tired of this shit and just leaving last transfer window. I think he was kind of the the reason why the deals didn't work out, and now it's you know come back tenfold for us and himself. And um, yeah, I think it's beautiful relationship that hopefully you know I'm, we're still waiting on this on this extension that they keep talking about. I don't know what's taking so long, but um, it's getting ridiculous in my eyes. But uh, then the next thing was asked of him, obviously the, the derby that he loved the most. Obviously he talked about his first time playing at the state, at the J stadium. And um, he recalls a moment where they had a dinner, uh, which was organized by Agnelli and he left before dessert. Obviously, the coach at the time was Antonio Conte, and he said to, you know, it's pretty early, why don't you stay a while? And uh, But he said he was pretty nervous. Obviously, this was the derby that I was talking about where he had scored twice. It was it was a, uh, you know, something that you could dream of. And also, I believe it was when uh, Jovinko scored as well. It was a 3-0 win. So something that I talked about in the last podcast about the, I think it was like the only game where there was three players that were obviously born in Turin. Uh, to uh, and, and obviously youth products as well to come in and score in that game. And then next, obviously, he talked about his first derby, De La Mole, and, you know, that's when he was a ball boy. Um, if you don't know, he's been around this club for a really long time. Unfortunately, it was the game um, where Maspero obviously dug a hole and Salas skied the, uh, the penalty. Um and, you know, everyone was kind of arguing and around Turin kind of made a, a little bit of a better point than when I mentioned it. But, yeah, there was a whole bunch of discussion about, you know, the penalty and no one was looking. And the Torino player was basically, you know, he he kind of dug a hole in the in the uh, the penalty spot at the edge of the penalty spot. And then uh, we sky it. Obviously, it ended 3-3. That could have been the winner for us. And then obviously what happened in the second game, you guys all know, obviously was still a draw, but the famous uh, Toro uh, by Maresca. But um, anyways, he said he was disappointed, um, but it was one of the most beautiful derbies he'd ever seen. Obviously, that would have been in, you know, a classic stadium. Um, that is, again, it was a different feel. Obviously, it had a racetrack, the Del Alpi, but um, yeah, definitely um, emotional to to hear that and uh it was great to to hear him again um obviously talking about the leagues this year uh everyone kind of you know Serie A gets kind of a bad 
you know, reputation of being a defensive, you know, that everyone talks about Catenaccio. But uh, if you're looking at the average goals, obviously, in the top five leagues this season, Serie A is right there at the top of the Bundesliga. Um, 2.99 goals average per game. And if you've looked at the past uh, few rounds, you know, 4-1 from us. Uh, there was a 3-0 win by, by Milan against Lazio. I believe there was another, there was a 4-2 Sassuolo win against Lecce. So, you know, I think we're kind of turning heads and I think things are changing. A lot of younger players are coming. Obviously, Arturo's coming. Hakimi's coming from Madrid for uh, Intermerda. But um, yeah, so I think I think it's kind of it's moving. I, th- I think I think Serie A is going to be one of the destinations to look forward to in in the near future. What like, and again with Serie A, obviously again being let's say a newer fan, what was kind of your pre notions of, of of the league and and what were your thoughts on obviously Ronaldo coming in to, to a league like this? Well, I think my pre notions with Serie A is basically what you said. Um, Obviously, the typical and the standard defensive first, the Catenaccio, you know, the playing eight guys behind the ball. Um, but like you said, if you look at the stats, um, offense has been increasing over the last, not only this past year, but over the yeah. last couple of seasons, right? And right. it's almost or pretty much on par with a league like the Bundesliga, which is known for attacking and, and counterattacking and, you know, systems like that, which is good right. to see. I, you know, I think from a fan's perspective, the more goals you see, the more fun and the more entertaining the game is, right? Um, and at the same at the same time, like you mentioned, there's more young young players taking their talents to Syria. Where in the past that wasn't really happening. Right. It wasn't really happening. If anything, it was the opposite. It was young players leaving to go to you know other leagues. Uh, so yeah. it's really good that Syria can not only retain their players, but they are now attracting players to help increase the the level of their league and to hopefully bring it back to you know what it was you know in the early 2000s and even the 90s right because then it was argued it was you know obviously the top one of the top leagues in the world but arguably speaking maybe you could make the argument that it was the best league in the world you know obviously there's the premier league but you know you had a lot of powerhouses in italy and you know i I think we we can't forget that even though it was you know 20 25 years ago Um, but in terms of ronaldo when he came to Syria, you know, I was actually a little, I was a little excited and I actually did convince myself because I remember when I first saw the reports that, you know, he wanted out of Madrid and I heard Juventus was on the radar. I thought at first, you know, would he really want to go to a club like that? A club, you know, he was beating uh, quite a bit in the Champions League and the club that has fallen short quite a few times in the Champions League final, you know, not only to Real Madrid, but also to Barcelona the other time that uh, that they made the final appearance. Um, right. So at first I wasn't for the move, but afterwards I thought, you know what, he's all about taking a journey, he's all about taking a chance. And you know what, Juventus have a pretty good team. You know, the fact that they make the, U- the UCL finals, they're definitely no slouch, right? They were just basically right. a player away. And I thought, you know what, he's won quite a bit at Madrid. He's getting a little older, and, you know, Syria, is a, it, it is a slower league than La Liga. I think we can all recognize that, and, you know, that may be better for his body. So I thought, you know what, it's a good challenge, and it'll be a nice scenery, not only for him, but for his fans. And at the same time, you know, I I would be able to, you know, bond a little bit more um, with my nonno, just being a Syria fan. I would be able to learn more about the league, because the league has a lot of history, and at the same time, it's always nice when you can kind of mix it up and when other leagues are, you know, um, 
increasing their rank, so to speak, and it's not always the same the same leagues and the same league coefficients. Um, it's always nice to see now that you know Syria is making some more strides, and you know some clubs in Germany making some some strides as well, and and so on and so forth. So, just seeing that, um, you know, just seeing that change was really nice, and uh, the the scenery altogether, I think, uh, fits Ronaldo well. And I know he's, um, I know he's dreaming big, and I know he's working really hard to deliver Juve what they pro- what he's promised. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I definitely uh, uh, for pers- personally, I think it's it's better to get that reputation because as a whole, then the league becomes better, and obviously, you know, we're getting the better talent, and you know, in general, the revenues can pick up, and then again, that opens a whole other door for not just your well for your team as well, but you know, for a lot of other teams as, uh, in the league as well, top to bottom. Um, but the last couple things in the news, some things, again, a couple that I missed. Obviously, Bonucci was playing his 400th game against uh, Torino, and that's obviously in all competitions, and he's going to be the most... Well, he is the player with the most appearances in the last 10 years. Um, obviously, Bernadeschi played his game number 100, so congratulations for that. Um, haven't received a lot, maybe a couple, three, four performances in those 100, but oh, that's all right. We'll take what we can get. Um, and just a shout out, uh, you know, recently I've been looking on my YouTube channel and, um, you know, I just got a, you know, a couple copyright claims. So, guys, so, so no sweet, you know, keep uh, keep your shit in check, man. If, if someone's getting, if you're copywriting a 13 second part of a song that I have full licensing to and you're going to claim four of my videos where I've had, pretty much i want to say 16 out of 17 with the same song and you've you've uh, you've copyright claimed four of them you know please do your job correctly and and figure your shit out because i don't want to have to be putting in disputes for no reason but anyways let's get back to the, the, the this game um obviously uh the game's going to be on tuesday july 7th it's going to be a 9:45 p.m. central european standard time Kickoff, obviously 145 for me in the mountain region, 1245 Pacific, 345 Eastern time. Just looking at the teams, obviously Juve's got a record of 24-3-3 and with 75 points. We're top of the league, class of the league. Um, obviously Milan is lagging a little bit behind, obviously 13-7-10 with 46 points. They just dropped down to seventh place, obviously, with the Napoli result today with the win against Roma. Um, but, yeah, no, they did have a big win, 3-0 win against Lazio. Um, very impressive, to say the least. Obviously, Lazio didn't have uh, Caicedo and uh, Immobile, so that was obviously based off of uh, card accumulation. But that was very, um, very interesting to see. Um, I think it's going to be a really tough game. Obviously, Ronaldo's our top scorer with 25 goals. First time since Omar Sivity in 1960-61, as I mentioned on the last pod. And uh, for Milan, though, Ante Rebic is is doing damage for them as of late. Uh, he's got nine goals this year, but he's definitely put in some work in uh, the last uh, little while here. Obviously, for us, like I said, I'll mention it again, no Delict or Dybala, obviously, on yellow card accumulation. That's going to be a big blow to us, I think. Um, for Milan, Leo Duarte, Matteo Musacchio, and uh, 
Again, Castillejo is a little bit of an, an iffy play. He might be in, he might not be. The first two, obviously, will be gone because of injuries. Uh, Chalinoglu obviously went off with a late knock. Um, we're not gonna, we're not sure if he'll be in. He is in my presumptive uh, formation that we'll get into in a little, a little bit. But um, and then again, Ibra went off uh, a little, er- a little early as well. I believe they're on halftime, so. Definitely not sure if he's going to make the start. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the setting up, setting the stage for this game. Uh, let's kind of take a little bit of a back step, though. What did you think of our last game against Torino, uh, Danny? Well, I thought it was better. Um, the tempo was quicker. The passing was better, which was good to see because, you know, Juve's passing hasn't always been accurate or crisp, uh, right. to, put it, to put it lightly. So, you know, that that was better. and. You know, they started using the wings more, which is, is always good to see because, you know, in the past, Juventus, they love to go through the middle and it's just very easy to to defend, right? So right. It, it's very good that they're starting to open up the game and, you know, that not only benefits them and especially Ronaldo, who, who plays better when the game's spread out, but it also benefits guys like, you know, Bernadeschi when he starts because he's been pretty good. Um, right. Just after COVID, and especially Dybala, right? He does much better when the wings and the flanks are open. So, all in all, I thought it was a good game. Um, I was really impressed with uh, Quadrado, especially. You know, uh, I wasn't sure how he would do on right back when he made the switch, but you know what? Okay. It seems like if he, it seems like he's found his little niche. Now we'll have to see how he does in terms of better against better quality opponents. But I think for now, keeping him. In that wing back position, I think he's he's been really really good there, and it's good to it's good to see that Juventus has been able to solve a problem with an internal option that they own right. rather than going out and, and buying because you know that that's always great, right? When whenever you have an internal option, you can just plug him plug him in and play, right? And I'm uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Quadrado. I, I really like his game, so that was that was great to see. Um, like you mentioned, next game, it's going to be a little tough without Dilid and Dybala, who are out with uh, yellow card accumulations. So, you know, guys like Ronaldo are, are going to have to step up even more. Um, I, I do think they can win, though, but it, it, may be a little, it may be a little tough, especially without Dybala, who's, who's, been, who's been the heartbeat of, uh, of Juve. I really have to admit, he's, he's, been, he's been quite the, uh, the influential piece this year. And uh, so what did you think about the free kicks? Uh, what do you think about Ronaldo still taking the free kicks? Because, you know, I got to say it. Everyone out there is probably being like, say it, say it, bring up the free kicks, bring up the free kicks. So, yeah. you know, what, what what have you thought as of late? Obviously, that was his first in 43 attempts. Um, you know, even looking at before, not necessarily saying that he was bad, but I believe he was on about a 6.25% uh scoring rate before he came to Juventus just off of a post that was made uh, by around Turin. Um, but yeah, what if, what are your thoughts on Ronaldo? Obviously, you know, we've he's uh, and I don't think that includes international play. I think that was just solely on, on the club level. But uh, no, I've seen what he's done against games like against Spain and, and, and stuff like that. And he's definitely can change. Obviously, he scores a lot of nice free kick when when they when they do go in. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, on the whole situation and obviously getting off the mark uh, that game well first and foremost I, I thought the free kick he needed it right he even said himself that he needed right. it from first confidence which was good it was a well struck free kick I think we can all admit that you know yep. there's there no chance um, 
I believe it was Sirigu in that, right? Yep. If, if yep. I'm not mistaken, yeah, Sirigu. He, you know, he didn't he didn't have a chance. I don't think any goalie would have stopped that. It was perfectly placed. Um, in terms of him being the free kick taker, it's a little tough, right? Because you know, I can't lie. He's he's obviously declined in that aspect. You know, he's you know the tendonitis injury that he suffered in 2014 during the World Cup has really has hurt him a bit. You know, in terms of mobility okay. and striking the ball, which you know a lot of a lot of people have said, and, and you know, even quite a bit of doctors have come out and said that it affects the way he dribbles and it affects the way he strikes the ball from, you know, set pieces like free kicks. Um, I, I do believe that Dybala is a better free kick taker at this present moment. So I right. wouldn't be mad if, you know, Dybala took the majority of the free kicks. Um, there is also someone else who posted an idea, and I thought it was pretty... I thought it was not only fair, but I thought it, was, it would probably work effectively. And that's, you know, Dybala takes the free kicks from, you know, close range, 20, you know, 20, 25 yards, yeah. you know, because he can curl them in. He's more accurate that way. And, you know, maybe you let Ronaldo take them from further out, like 35 okay. yards out. And, you know, because he, he hits it with a lot of power. But the thing with Ronaldo is the free kick he took against Turin, against Torino, he didn't, he didn't strike it the, no- the no. normal way he does. And, the, the same goal he scored against Spain, he didn't he didn't strike that the normal way he does. So it seems like if Ronaldo's going to be successful with free kicks, he he ha, he has to use that technique instead of instead of you know exactly and instead of using this whole you know thumping the ball going for power all the time, he needs to go more with the finesse and the curve. You know that way he has more mobility with his knee, which makes all the difference with free kicks and. Yeah. accuracy and placement and all of that and it's clear he can still hit them but it's it's also very clear that he can't strike them as well as he used to so if he if he's going to stay as the free kick you know taker he's going to have to use that that technique that he used against Torino and used against Spain um but you know if if Sarri was to decide that hey you know Dybala is going to start taking them you know I wouldn't mind either and you know at age 35 Ronaldo does have to start understanding that his role is going to start changing, which means that things he used to do in the past, you know, he can't, you know, he just can't do anymore, right? It's, right. it's, a, it's, it's a changing of the guard, right? So, either way, if he's going to stay, he's going to have to keep that same technique used against Torino. But if not, you know, let let Dybala take a few strikes. You know, he can hit them well, and I, I'm pretty confident with him taking them, especially from 25 yards out. Well, respect. I got to respect that because I don't hear that too often. You know, uh, there's a, the Wild West of Twitter is uh, you get very interested. You don't hear a lot of, uh, uh, if you want to call it, reasonable uh, debate in, in certain senses, especially when you're talking about Ronaldo. But, uh, no, that's why I definitely had you on today. Um, kind of what, what have you what have you been thinking about, like, his play in, in general? Just kind of have you been seeing – have you liked see, seeing how, how he's been – you know, moving on the pitch and uh, where he's kind of playing. You know, give us an idea of how how you think Ronaldo's actually been, like, uh, do you think he's been one of the best? Obviously, he's had some pretty good games, uh, but there's been some still, there's still a little bit of debate whether, you know, if you don't, if you take away the, the free kick in that game, it wasn't essentially a particularly great game for Ronaldo, um, which is fine, but... Uh, just in general, what kind of what you what are your thoughts? Obviously, again, you can even if you want to include Sari and kind of how he's you know meshed with him, and then you can go back to let's say Allegri or whatever. But you know, it's just in general, as of the uh, five past 
you want to say five, six games, what are, what are you thinking about Ronaldo's play? Uh, sure. Um, in, in terms of Ronaldo, you know, first and foremost, it's clear that, you know, his game has changed. He's 35 years old. He's not going to be as influential as he once was during, you know, his early to mid days in Madrid or, you know, even in Manchester United, right? You know, we fans that expect Ronaldo to pick up the ball from one end of the field and to dribble it all the way down and perform all these stepovers, it, it's not going to happen, right? That's, that's pure nostalgia. You're never going to get that Ronaldo back. He's 35, he's not 25, right? So right. It, it's clear that if you're going to use Ronaldo properly and effectively, it has, it has to be as a target man, right? It has to be as a guy you allow to move around and wander the pitch, and right. you're going to have to provide him reliable service, right? Which includes crossing, you know, good giving goes and all of that. And it's clear that when you do provide him reliable services, uh, service, he, he can win you a game, um, you know, like, yeah. like that, like the snap of your finger, right? So I think that's very clear. It's still clear he can change games. Um, over the last five, six games, I think he's been okay. I know when right after COVID and once they started up again, you know, he was a little slow. He missed the right. penalty against Milan. You know, it took him some time to get the engines going. Uh, I also remember the first game back, Dybala struggled, you know, yeah. too. So it's good that they've both found rhythm. But, you know, what's been even more surprising, and not only that, but it's been great to see the chemistry that those two have created because it seems like their chemistry is stronger now than it was ever before. Right. And I think if Juve can play off of that, you know, you never know how far you can get, especially just having Ronaldo on your side. And now Dybal is starting to find his game. You know, he's basically at... Right. I, I don't want to say he's in his prime, but um, he's about 25, 26 years old, if I yeah. remember correctly. 26, yeah. So he's 26, right? So this is the best time for him, physically speaking, as an athlete, as a soccer player, right? So those two, the chemistry is just phenomenal. Um but to end off with Ronaldo, though, um, it's clear that Sarri deploys him differently than, um, you know, than, than, than Max, you know, from last year, um, Maximiliano, and it's clear that their systems are different. It's clear that Sarri is less organized. Um, I, you know, last year, I think Juve probably could have gone all the way in Champions League just based on how open it was. You see how it played out. You know, if they decided not to, you know, defend till the end of the game or park the bus, so to speak, against Ajax, you know, yeah. I, I think they could have made a run that year. I really do. I think their squad yeah. was actually stronger last year than it is this year. But to get back okay. on topic with Ronaldo, um, I'm, I, you know, recently, I would say from the winter onwards, I'm a little bit more happier with the way Juve have been using him, trying to get him more involved in the game, trying to feed him more reliable and consistent service, whereas in the past, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle to get him in. Right. And, uh, you know, um, you know, not only assimilated, but accustomed to the way that they play, you know, because it is different than what he, what he was used to at Real Madrid. And, you know, it's something right. that I've had to learn too, right? You know, the wheels are different at Juve than they are at Madrid, not just the way that the club is run, but the way that they play. So, you know, I've, I've had to understand that too as as a, as a new supporter uh so to speak and you know learn to respect that and i think ronaldo is trying to adjust to that uve system which i think he has done well right he scored 21 goals last year in a shortened season for him personally and you know and and this year with the whole covid break you know he's doing even better right and right. he's a year older so um 
I think Juve can do a little bit of a better job to get him more balls, and I think that could increase his scoring, which in in turn would help Juve even more offensively. But I'm not I, I'm not gonna say that it's been all bad. You know, I I think it has improved the situation. You know, you you see him scoring his first uh, career Serie A hat trick, which I was really delighted to see before the pandemic hit and, you know, him starting to score more braces and, you know, now with this Dybala chemistry, I think it's starting to take fold. And I think it's starting to take fold at the right time because Ronaldo's not getting any younger, as we know. So I think if Juve can add some pieces around, I think you got something personally. Awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, no, that's kind of the, I always thought there was going to be a different, difficult jump because of the way the two teams were built, obviously Real Madrid and obviously Juventus and, uh, you know, obviously Juve fans know what we know about our club and, you know, it's inability in, in transfer market activity to get a midfield for how many years now. So that's what I always found it difficult, especially when you bring in a guy that is going to need the service. Um, I did like him running at the defenders in the uh, the the game before Torino, though the the way he scored that that goal, that cracker of a goal. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting because a lot of guys, like like I said, Serie A is a little bit more tactical, so you're going to be getting that that intelligence where they're not necessarily going to fear a player, even though it's of that quality. Because they'll just essentially come up to you and just they'll take your legs out and they don't care. So I was surprised that a lot of teams have been backing off lately, which is, I guess, good for us because obviously we're getting the goals now. But um, yeah, definitely, um, definitely don't mind seeing Ronaldo run at, 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 at and taking good chances when he and obviously, you know, being clinical about it. So definitely like seeing that. I mean, hopefully we can get more of that. Um, Again, like you said, I like the chemistry so far, and hopefully we can keep building off of that. We'll see game by game what happens now. But um, I think Higuain, we'll get into the formations now that are kind of projected uh, for the game on Tuesday. Obviously, there's not going to be much to change with Juve. I believe it's going to stay exactly the same. Cuadrado, uh, but again, the only two changes are the players that we can have on the field, which are Delict and Dybala. So I think they're definitely going to go with Rugani. I think you have to. Um, and I, I, there were some crazy things going around on Twitter about like Cuadrado playing a center back or some shit like that. And I was just like, what are you guys talking about? I think he's, I think he's going to have a good game. I think um, he does get a lot of shit for what happened. And, I think it's something on, like under Allegri where Allegri wasn't really, you know, he, he, he doesn't give guys a lot of run outs. So, like, he, he's not going to give you a two, three game streak of playing. Um, and I, I find, you know, a lot of these players can't just be like, go in for like 20 minutes and then not play for like three months and then give another good 90 minutes. It, it's tough for a player. I mean, yeah, you're training and stuff like that, but... If you're not getting the rhythm of the match, it's going to be very difficult for you to come in after such a long break. So we'll see what, what Brugani brings. Again, it could be very interesting. We don't have any options, though, so it's going to have to be what it is, what it is. And um, again, 4 through 3 has been working well for us, so I don't see him changing formation at all. Um, again, so Bonucci, Danilo... And obviously, I think Rabiot will go in again unless he feels that Ramsey's going to get a run out. Um, so we could de- technically see that as well. Um, 
I don't see it, though. I think it'll be Rabio, Pjanic, Bentancourt. Um, and then maybe if he's going for a little bit of change up for legs, maybe you see Matuidi or Ramsey again, like I said, but it'll still stay. Whether that means that Pjanic is out and Bentancourt slides back into Regista or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I still think Bernardeschi is going to get the nod ahead of Costa just because it's it's worked. So again, why change it? Um, Costa's added a lot towards the end of the game and I think that's what we need. I think that is a perfect one-two punch right now. Start Bernardeschi to start and then obviously if things aren't going well, you add Costa in for that that edge. And then I think Higuain's going to get the number nine role obviously uh, up top. And then, obviously, Ronaldo being on the left in his usual spot. Pretty straightforward. Um, Milan, I think they're going to play a 4-2-3-1. Again, Chalanoglu is potentially not going to make the game, so we'll see. But from what it looks like, we're they're going to have Conti, obviously Donnarumma and Net, Conti, Kair, and Romagnoli with Hernandez on the left. Kessie and Benasser as the holding roles. Uh, this new guy, Alexis Salamakers, on the right, Paqueta in the middle, and Chelinoglu on the left with Rebic up top. And uh, no, they've seemed to have a lot of success um, recently. So it's going to be a tough game. I think um, they've got some very talented players. Uh, I think we're, we're, we got a lot more talent than they do, and I think it shouldn't be a problem for us. But, you know, especially being on the high they're on, I think it's going to be a tough fought game. And, you look at the uh, they kind of played us pretty well in the in the in the Champions League uh, or sorry Coppa Italia semifinal uh, where they necessarily they, they plugged the the back pretty well and countered pretty well even with the man down so um, it's going to be an interesting game they're going to have confidence obviously beating Lazio and beating us um, but yeah what do you think of the formations Danny. Uh, yeah, I think the formation, like you said, is straightforward. I think it's basically um, all that Juve really has to not only offer, but for it to work successfully, especially against a team like Milan that's you know now starting to hit the ground running and to you know they they found their form and they found their hot streak. So I think it's something you shouldn't mess with, as you know the old saying goes. You know, don't fix something if it's not broken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you should keep it. I think you should also keep Bernadeschi where he is right now. You know, I know a lot of people haven't been happy with his performance this year, particularly, and I'm I'm one of those to include. But I think it's also important to note that he has found his form after the the pandemic break, and um, you know I think you gotta you gotta keep playing him out right, In, right. until he until he goes back to that bad form, but let's hope he doesn't, right? Because we don't, we obviously speaking, you don't want to see any player fail, right? You would like right. every player to succeed. That way you can maximize uh, potential and, uh, and the skill offered. Um, at the same time, Iguain's going to play in the middle, right? With uh, Dybala out. So that'll, it'll be interesting to see how Iguain and Ronaldo will click together because it's, it's going to be a partnership between those two, whereas, right. you know, originally speaking, it's Dybala and Ronaldo. And Dybala's willing, you know, to not only pass up the ball more, but he's willing to accommodate a little bit more towards Ronaldo than Ronaldo is towards Dybala, I think we can all um, admit. But in terms right. of Higuain, he's a different player, right? Because he's a, he's a pure finisher. So 
if Juve is going to win, they're going to have to find the balance between Ronaldo and Iguain. And at the same time, Rugani, you know, he, he has to play uh, towards what he's capable of playing, right? He cannot play, uh, he cannot give these horrendous uh, performances like he has in the past, or else I think Milan's going to have a field day, especially if they throw a guy on like Rafael Liao, right? Who can just burn yeah. by Rugani, like, you know, like that. Um, so I think, you know, keeping the back clean is going to be important. And, you know, the balance between Iguain and Ronaldo should dictate how many goals Juve put in the back of the net. I don't see scoring too... I don't think that's going to be a problem too much. I think the game's going to be more open than what it was in the Coppa semifinals when those two okay. played. And when it was kept at a nil-nil draw, I think it's going to be more open. So I think if Bernadeschi... And guys like Quadrado, you know, who play on, on the wing and even, you know, as a wing back, if they can open up play, I think Juve can open up this Milan side and and uh, give them a little bit of a good beating. Okay, so what, again, kind of we talked about keys in the match, all included and all that. Um, but so what are you predicting the final score to be? And uh, who do you think are scoring uh, the goals uh, for oh. this game coming up? Oh, God. Um I'm not a big fan of predicting scores, but to predict the score, I will say that uh, I think Juve will win. Um, yep. I'll I'll say it's going to be about a two nothing or three one game. I think it'll be a two goal okay. difference. I don't think it's going to be a slaughterhouse, um, but I don't. I also don't think Milan's going to win. But you never know; they could surprise me. I have seen, I, I have seen worse. I have seen you know worse things happen and other surprises occur. You know the the game of soccer or football for any European uh, listeners tuning in you know there's there's been quite a lot of great up you know surprises and upsets over the years and over you know the beautiful game of, of soccer and football so I guess we'll have to see but in terms of the score I think it'll be two nothing or three one and I think Ronaldo will score a goal at least I think Higuain may you know put his name on the score okay. sheet. And I will say maybe one of the mids will score. I think maybe a Rabiot's due for a goal. Or maybe even okay. a Quadrado. You never know. I'd love to see him score again. I think he always scores great goals. So I think if they score three goals, I think it'll be Ronaldo, Higuain, uh, Quadrado. But I think if it's 2 nothing, I think it'll be Ronaldo and Rabiot. I'll throw, okay. in, the, uh, I'll throw in the surprise. <laughs> So yeah, no, I've been on. I was just on the uh, obviously Bianconeri Y Y Y Z is my uh, my official fan club. Uh, you know my my group there in Toronto, obviously because we don't have one in uh, Calgary. But uh, so I was on their virtual fan meetup, obviously after the Torino game. Um, but I couldn't get my camera going, so I am in that video. You just won't be able to see my face, but. Um, I definitely so I definitely put in my prediction at the end of that one. So I'm gonna stick with that one. I think it's gonna be a one nothing Juve win. I think it's gonna be a really tight game. I think it's probably gonna be a controversial penalty that's gonna go one way. And I think Ronaldo score uh to to have his twenty sixth goal of the season. But I think it's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be pretty good. I think uh Rugani's gonna have a really really good game with Bonucci. I think they're gonna be uh strong at the back. As much as, uh, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of fans uh, that uh, of how well he can play for us, even though he hasn't shown, uh, he's shown pretty good quality in some of the games he has come in. Um, but again, we haven't really seen him at all um, this season. So 
Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I think it's going to be a good performance from both of them. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tight game, tight game uh, all around. Uh, I, I don't see there be, it being too high uh, of a scoring game because there's going to be a lot on the line. Or, I mean, it could be quite the opposite. I've been saying this kind of the last four games. It could be a tale of two where the team is very, plays a very tough game for us or the team just kind of lies down. And that's kind of really what I've thought of the last four games. There hasn't been a, a real push from them. Uh, obviously, some certain events happen being a red card or you know, trying out gun us and it not working at all. But um, I think it's going to be uh, pretty straightforward for us. Um, and the quality we have, even with Dybala and Delict out, shouldn't have a problem uh, beating Milan. But uh, like you said, you never know what will happen and we'll have to see on uh, Tuesday what happens. But um, yeah, let's get into a couple of questions. There's a few questions that obviously came out. Um sure. Obviously, do you think Rugani will be up for the task? This is from Mo El Tactico, as he's known on Beppe Beppe Bonyani's uh, you know YouTube channel, uh, Just Juve, and uh, obviously I've had him on the podcast before. But uh, yeah, what do you think about Rugani? I know it's kind of we've touched on a couple of these questions, but uh, we'll just kind of reiterate. Well, so what do you think about what do you think about Rugani? Right, um, I don't. I don't know if Rugani will be up for the challenge. I also don't think he's going to have a horrendous showing just because it's been a while since he's last been in the starting 11. I will say I am predicting, I think he'll get the job done, whether it be pretty or not. I think he'll do enough to get the job done and to do his part, but I don't think he'll go above and beyond and make any, you know, outstanding tackles or a goal line clearance. I think I think Rugani will do just enough to, you know, keep him to keep his name um, in the good column and to give Sari maybe to something to think about in the future if injuries start to pile up or or whatever may occur. Yeah, okay. I think that's pretty pretty straightforward. Um and again we're waiting up we're waiting for Chiellini to come back. It's unfortunate that he couldn't that I, I I believe he's going to be in this in the I think he's going to dress, but uh, I definitely don't see him starting. Uh, they're not going to take the risk, and unless a horror show ensues, I don't see him coming on the field at all. Same with Alexandro. I believe he's going to probably dress or at least be there. Um, but again, I don't see a risk happening unless something really crazy and out of the ordinary happens. Um, from Iskander Juve Shaw, again, thank you for the question again. Um, are we going to drop three points for the game and let it be or fight until the end? I'm guessing he's saying just because, I'm assuming that's that's meaning that we're going to, do you think we're going to lose or are we going to win? <laughs> we'll no, I, I mean, it's it's a good question. It's a fair question considering um, Lazio's know, what, results, right? La, right, you know, Lazio's results. And not only that, but what, players Juve can field with Dybal and Delit out. Um, and, and like you said, I thought it was perfectly stated when you said that even with those two out, Juve have more than enough quality to win this match and are more than enough, uh, you know, have more than enough capability to beat Milan just based on the skill difference alone, regardless of those two being in or out. Um, so I think you guys, I think Juve will win. Now, whether it's going to be pretty or it's going to be controversial, you know, like you predicted with maybe like a, a 90th minute penalty. Um, I don't know. You know, 
you never know with Juve and Milan, those games usually get pretty hectic and they get hectic quickly, which makes it all the more fun to watch and, you know, to be a part of. So right. I think they will get the win so long as Sarri has the boys coming out, you know, from the get-go and from, you know, from the first whistle onto onto the last. Yeah, so, uh, and the last question, um, obviously from Michael from the Netherlands. Uh, thank you again. Obviously, he's on the WhatsApp group, but... Uh, who do you think Ronaldo and Higuain uh, are kind of fit for better, or who fits better, Douglas Costa or Bernardeschi? I think we kind of touched on that, but just to reiterate, um, I think Bernardeschi, uh, just because it's kind of fits the mold right now, and he's played with obviously Ronaldo already, and you're only getting rid of obviously DiBala, so. It's not like Douglas Costa was in consistently in that spot, so I think that just could uh, that that'll just work better to start uh, just more familiarity um, with, with with two players that have already been in the lineup. Whereas Douglas Costa is a spark plug and has you know done a lot on the field when he's come on, but just for more of a consistent feel, I think it's just better to go with Bernardeschi and see how it goes. And if not, then again we we have five subs guys, so. It's not like we're hemmed into a position that we can change if we need to. So, yeah, I, I I agree completely uh, with what you're saying. I think based on the now, based on the current, the present, uh, I think you have to play Bernadeschi. I think he's found his rhythm, so I think you got to keep giving him matches. That way, he can keep progressing. And I think he has found a feel and a rhythm with Ronaldo and. Hopefully he can create that with Iguain next game when he slots into the middle as the striker. Uh, so I, I would agree. I think playing Bernadeschi to start would would be great. And then you can bring on Douglas Cost as like a super, as like a super sub uh, right. type player, um, which I think he's more than capable of playing that role. Um, but the other thing we um, I should touch on with Douglas Cost and 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 the fact and the fact of the matter is I think it's smart that we play him and that we deploy him as a sub just to keep him fresh and to also avoid any, you know, lingering injuries or any of that. Because I think we all know that Douglas Costa's body is basically yeah. made of glass. He's always picking up injuries or, you know, little nicks or hacks here and there. And you know what? We need our players healthy, especially with the Champions League coming up in less than a month or so. Um, so I think just putting them on in the last, you know, 20 to 15 minutes just to kill off the game and, yeah. you know, keeping his legs fresh and him attacking, you know, tired defenders with fresh legs. It's basically a super sub, right? And I right. think that's that's a good weapon for Juve to have because I don't know anyone else that could be deployed or used in that role. So I think it's great and it's a great option to have. And at the same time, it seems like Bernadeschi has found his form and it seems like he's found his place in the team. So, you know, why tinker with that? Why ruin that? I think they should uh, keep it as it is and keep the ball rolling that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of coming to the final, you know, a little bit of the close of the podcast. Um, we have a segment, obviously, Allo Stadio or a Torino. Um, assuming just because you're obviously a new fan, I don't believe you've been to Torino or have watched the game live uh, with Juventus. I, um, did I assume correct? Uh, yeah, I was actually in Italy for the first time uh, last summer on a uh, family vacation. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, Torino was not one of the, uh, the places I went. But I did I did end up going to see a Roma game at the, the Stadio Olimpico. I got to see their home opener against uh, Genoa 
It was a 3-3 oh, nice. draw. It was a really great game. And nice. uh, it was my first, actually, it was my first ever European uh, soccer match, football match. And I have to say, the, you know, the crowds in Europe, and especially in Italy, they, they, just, they just dwarf the fans here in North America, right? In terms of the energy, the excitement, the passion. It was just something else. And it was just, it was something great to feel and, and to witness. And uh, I do hope one day to uh, make it out to the uh, the Alliance Stadium where Juventus play in, uh, in Torino and and to go watch a match, whether it's a it's a derby, a Champions League, or even just a Serie A match. It would it'd be great to uh, get down to that stadium and and that region of Italy. Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely such a different atmosphere. Even you know you look at hockey games and. Uh... Or even football games, and you think how crazy it is they are, how crazy they are in the U.S. for for American football. But uh, yeah, no, just completely different. And uh, so we'll, we'll stay away from that. Obviously, it was nice that you did get to see a game. Uh, obviously, the Stadio Olimpico is a little bit older than it should be, but uh, oh, definitely great atmosphere. I've heard. I know a couple of people have gone to. Uh, uh, I believe they went to the Roma Juve game. For a couple of friends of mine went to a Roma Juve game. Obviously, a few years back when uh, and we actually lost that game, but we still ended up winning the Scudetto. But uh, yeah, so I saw some videos there and it was pretty crazy. Obviously, I have relatives who are Roma and Lazio fans, like I've stated before. So that's uh, that's an interesting uh, topic. But um, what, you know, obviously, again, a little bit of a short lived, I would say, you know, fandom with Juventus. But, you know, as of what you've had been a, well, what you've been able to experience kind of what is your most memorable Juve moment i mean who knows maybe you you do have some you know depth in the past of uh, of a moment that had happened but uh just for you what 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 comes to mind when you think of you uh, of, of a memorable moment with Juve obviously it could be a goal cristiano something to do with cristiano ronaldo anything man sure um i would say the most memorable moment i've had with juventus personally was when they came back and they beat Atletico Madrid. I remember being in the basement, you know, with my father, who's Portuguese, um, you know, also an avid Ronaldo fan, supporter. Uh, you know, my sister was with me watching. She's also a, a, a pretty big Ronaldo supporter. And I've got her a little bit onto Juventus to come and watch the games with me downstairs, awesome. which, is, which is great. But you know what? I, I think that would have to be my most memorable moment, just... Because, you know, they lost the first game 2 nothing, And yeah. you're going into that game thinking, you know, is Ronaldo going to come up big? And, you know, just after every goal he put in, it, the game was just the excitement. The level of excitement was increasing. And, right. you know, the, the level of noise in my basement was, you know, also increasing. Um, and it was just something I, I, I could bond over, you know, with Ronaldo, who's who I've had a lot of great memories with not only him playing on, you know, Juve or um, or Madrid or even Manchester United, but also with uh, with the national team with uh, with right. Portugal, who I support. You know, he's he's put in a lot of great performances there, and you know, I hope he can put in more. But you know, that match against Atletico, it was just it was magical, right? It was it was a um, it was a, it was a fairy tale ending, right? And right. Uh, it was that sort of Cinderella ending, so to speak, right? And yeah. just just to see it unfold, and not only not only Ronaldo's performance, but the Juve supporters, not only in Italy but around the world, because I know they have a big base, especially here in Canada and Toronto. Right. It was just amazing to see, and it was something great to 
get behind. So I'm really hoping we can get a, at least another match like that with Juve. Hopefully they don't go down uh, two yeah, goals exactly. because that'll uh, that that'll be too much for our heart and uh, you know our, our heart rates. But I I do hope we can see another game like that, even if it's not Ronaldo scoring all the goals. It's just games like that you never forget, right? And exactly. it adds on to Juve's rich history. And uh, I hope that's just uh, I just hope that's a start uh, to many more, really. Yeah, no, it was too bad that uh, it ended uh, so shortly after that against Ajax. And I think, yeah, no, we passed up a real good opportunity that year because, like you said, it was, you know, kind of a down year if you think about it uh, with Liverpool and Tottenham being in the final. And um, you see kind of who the path, obviously Barcelona goes down, Real Madrid goes down in the round before that. Uh, obviously, we, the, the the round before we played Ajax, but um, yeah, no crazy experience. Um, couldn't believe it was going down at the time. Was losing my mind and just yeah, crazy. I th- for a second there, I thought you were gonna say. For a second, I was like, is he gonna go? Is he gonna bring up the Ronaldo bicycle? Kit? <laughs> I'm like at that point. Cut, cut the, cut the lights, guys. Cut the. Lights. I have to oh, say just, that was yeah, probably kidding. one of my most favorite Ronaldo goals, though. You know, I, no offense to you or any other Juve supporters. You know, I have a lot of respect for yeah, just you know the club and yeah, you know, I have a lot of respect for supporters like yourself, obviously. But that goal was just something else, right? Because you just see this random cross and he makes something, you know, yeah. really out of nothing, right? It's. And, and you know the importance of that goal too, right? It was a champ. It was a Champions League series um, yeah. that it took place on. You know, exactly. It was the quarterfinals. It wasn't some you know average league game. It you know it, it meant something, right? And and right. I have to say, when I saw the supporters uh, in Juve Stadium in the Alliance uh, when they stood up after Ronaldo scored that goal and they started clapping their hands, like I have to say, uh, that put butter. I don't know. It, it, I would say it brought shivers down my spine in a good way, not in a bad way, in a good way that I recognized how you know respectful Juve fans and the whole club and and the supporters are towards great players. And I realized that you know, crap, you know, they really have a lot of respect for this individual, which also meant a lot to me. And you know, they the fact that they just stood up and they clapped, even though. They just conceded a goal. It, it, right. it really, it really changed the way I thought of Juventus. And you know, don't get me wrong, I never thought of them in a bad light. I've always had respect for great clubs like Juventus. You know, it would, it would be silly of me not to re- to recognize the level of history, the extensive history that comes with a club like Juventus. It was just something else. And I'm going to be honest, I've never seen a majority of fans in the stadium just stand up and clap for an opposing player who scored a goal like that and not yeah. only scored a goal like that a player who you know like no offense has had their number in the past right i think right. we can all admit that ronaldo has had juve's number right. quite a bit in in a competition like champions league so when i saw something like that not only did my respect level for the supporters in the club go up but i have to say my admi- my admiration for the club also took and went to a new went to new heights just because of just because of something so simple like that as a simple gesture like that i think it does speak a thousand words and i hope that will only lead to a champions league victory and i hope that instead of 
standing up and clapping for an opposing player. I hope we can all stand up and cheer for Juventus when eventually we do, and we hopefully do raise that Champions League trophy because I do think it ha it'll happen. And I think if we continue, you know, dreaming big and hoping and continuing to bring in players in the right areas and to help strengthen the squad, I don't see why it can't happen. Yeah, man, I I definitely agree. I'll I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you to be honest. I definitely wasn't clapping during that moment. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. I don't blame you one bit. I was just stunned. My mouth dropped. I didn't yeah. say anything, right? Yeah, and I was... Uh, yeah, no, honestly, one of the... As a Juve fan, one of the worst matches I've seen um, in black and white. Uh, just the whole setup of that game did not... Uh, was not conducive to what we're what we were planning to do. Um, to sit back against that Madrid team again, I just still can't believe we even thought of doing that. I can't believe that's what Allegri had even planned to start that game, uh, was just invite pressure. And I mean, again, you can't be surprised when you lose a game 3-0. I mean, there's a little, there's a couple thing. There was a little bit of a, a call that didn't get called right at the end of the game, but I always say it didn't even really matter. Um, it was just a masterclass to just a shocking performance. And um, I'm not surprised that Juve fans stood up and, and applauded because we've had our fair share of legends. And obviously there's been, you know, other fans that have, uh, you look at, at the Bernabeu for Del Piero, I believe it was 0708 or 0809 uh, when he had his kind of studying two legs and we took them down in the group stage. And that was a, a a pretty banging Real Madrid squad that lost to a, a Juve team that was, you know, questionably uh, not as not even near the talent level that Real Madrid have. Um, and then again, you've seen it obviously at a couple other places. But yeah, you re you usually don't see that kind of you know respect given. But um, I'm not surprised because Juve Juve fans, I think their IQs are pretty. Uh, high when it comes to the sport and um yeah no like i said i i hope we can win i hope we could have won every year to be honest but um it is what it is now and uh we just got to keep fighting again this year like i said is a very good chance um we have the uh all the opportunity to get the job done this year because it's going to be a wild tournament style one game one uh, one leg game and who knows? Who knows what can happen? You know, you get a good decision or you get a bad decision called for you or against you, and it can change everything because you have no chance really of of turning that around in a second leg. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's supposed to be in Portugal, right? So yeah. um, that should be good. Um, I don't know if they're going to do anything with the fans or anything. but um, Yeah, I think they're going to keep an empty stadium uh, just because of, you know, the whole COVID restrictions. And yeah, and I think it's leagues, right. I think it should just stay that way. I know they were talking about, you know, bringing in some uh, like uh, member, different clubs members, obviously at maybe 10% or 20% capacity kind of thing, depending on where the numbers were at at, the, uh, at that particular point, because it is still a month away, but. I mean, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, but, yeah, man, thank you for coming on. Oh, actually, before I go, um, yeah, no, we definitely are, are close. Uh, we're building the, this 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 platform. Uh, we're going to be pretty, I think, 
you know, within a few days, I think we'll be over 200 uh, followers on Twitter. So, guys, thank you so much. Um, and, yeah, we're getting close to 500 on my main. So, guys, that offer still stands at Del Piero 2009-2010. Uh, Jersey is still up for grabs if we get there. So, definitely just smash the, 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 the follow on my main channel. Obviously, like I said, I've, I'm trying to move over to uh the more foot the more football or obviously juventus specific uh, uh page um i think i'm going to keep the other one more for like hockey and, and football and everything else but um yeah guys like i said the offer still stands beautiful jersey uh to be given away um and yeah no definitely picked i definitely had a big haul at uh, the juve store so they gave me this beautiful you know, Dybala, finally, they gave me a Dybala picture. I, I don't know how many orders I put in, but that's the first one. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely picked up some stuff. Uh, you know, Buffon jersey. We got my Alexandro jersey. Shout out, Al. Um, I still think we're going to go back and forth this whole season on that. And then I got my Douglas Costa third jersey. And, uh, actually, you know, speaking of uh, collabs, I think what they got to do is... They got to come up with more. They got this kind of like off tie-dye life as a matter of black and white. I thought it was going to be stitched, but I think it's still a pretty banging sweatshirt. But yeah, no, I definitely think they should do a lot more of these collabs with, uh, obviously that's more of like they call it an icon collection. Um, I think they got a, they had a brilliant opportunity with Palace, and I think that needs to come back if they are willing to. And I think they just need to start looking at bigger brands, um, Kith, uh you name it undefeated there's so many different uh you know if you want to call it hype beast or streetwear or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it merch uh with the, obviously now adidas being our sponsor and the ultra boost eventually coming out uh, i'm assuming going to be start of next season or uh maybe in a couple months but uh definitely depending on when they start launching all these new jerseys because i know a lot of teams are coming out with their uh uh their their merch or their jersey lines early uh which i don't know how that's going to work in the champions league but uh yeah i definitely have a couple things here uh you know when we start picking up for giveaways so guys definitely again like i said please uh, smash the subscribe button obviously you know trying to get to that first 100 followers on on youtube um and then from there on and same with twitter just sky's the limit the more followers, again, not necessarily in any monetary way, I'm I'm making uh, it worthwhile. But again, just to get more fans on here, obviously to get more fans listening, so we can hear all obviously their great stories because there are a lot. I mean, being able to meet certain players or going to different games and certain things happening, it's been very interesting. Obviously, now this being the 18th episode hearing different versions of, you know, everyone's fandom. And, you know, again, from some like yourself that are just new, obviously to fans that have been here for a really long time. And again, it's just really great to hear uh, everybody's different, obviously opinions on different things and obviously everyone's stories. So again, I thank you guys all, uh, you know, we keep on moving, uh, moving forward. And again, Rocco Fasano is going to be coming on next to talk the post-match. And uh, we're going to get a little bit into the official fan club. I know there's been a couple pieces of content on there already, but 
I have some interesting takes for him. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep moving forward. Obviously, at Juventinita, D-A-L, Twitter and Instagram. Soon to be on Facebook as well. I think I'm going to pop that up as well just for uh, to make it easier for some people. Um, as well, podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. Check those out. Um, and uh, yeah, again, keep your eyes posted for Twitter. Uh, that's usually where it's up first. You'll get the the early links of uh, each of the podcasts, or if you're on the notification gang, then really you're going to get it as soon as it drops. So uh, again, guys, again, thank you very much for all the support. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, thank you, Danny, for coming on. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to sit down with me. And um, yeah, guys, uh, to the to the uh, to the next. Uh, to the next podcast and hopefully the next win. And, um, you know, as always, stay tuned. And uh, fino alla fine, forza Juventus. Thanks again, Ciao. Dan.